Welcome back to the Kings Guard. This is episode three. I'm Wes Carey, uh, your your host. This is my co-host Cole Barnett. We're so glad you guys are back, joining us for another episode. Uh, Cole, we have, uh, I think we've kind of been through the fire on this one. Uh, I agree. This is I. I'm just gonna let you get you folks know. Like, there's whatever we got, to, whatever we're gonna talk about today. The the topic that we have for you guys today. Uh, the carryover from last week. Evidently, this is a very, very important topic, and somebody out there needs <laughs> it because, man, there's some resistance out there right now trying to keep this message from going out. So there's a um, disturbance in the force. Oh my lord, man! <laughs> lord of mercy. We so we've lost the internet like three times. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Go, it's, it's been crazy. So um, we're gonna introduce this episode with kind of a new segment. Um, we we ran across a video last week of a weatherman uh, in a live broadcast, uh, just kind of explaining that there's a tornado warning, letting people know that there's a tornado warning, and uh, we th- we just noticed something very unique about this weatherman. So this guy's our our man of the week. Uh, this is a new segment that we're going to try and, and and make normal. Um, we may not be able to do it every week because we may not be able to find videos because. Well, we're still new at this, so bear with us. Uh, but this is our man of the week for now, and maybe for this week and next week, I don't know. But uh, watch, we're going to show you this video. We'll pull it up. We'll kind of analyze it after that and then go from there. Very, very closely. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm tracking this uh, so closely now. Uh, this is going to go. This is going to go right over, uh, right over my house. So very close to my house, uh, which, again, is in the Chevy Chase area, Bethesda area. Uh, This is along Wisconsin Avenue as well. So heads up if you live along Massachusetts or Wisconsin Avenue. Can't you in there, buddy? Yeah. All right. Hey, man, I want you to uh, get down in the in the basement. We got a tornado warning. All right. So I want to make sure you you and Callie get downstairs as soon as you can. Okay. Yeah, get down there right now. Get in the uh, get in that bat in that ba- the uh, bedroom down there, and just kind of wait for like 10, 15 minutes. Okay, do it now. All right, thanks, buddy. All right, so that was uh, just you know, gotta warn my kids because I know where my kids are doing right now. They're probably online gaming and they're not seeing this. So we have a tornado warning. Hopefully, they saw it on their phones. Many of us got it on our phones in the newsroom. I heard the phones go off. <laughs> so. You can hear a little bit of the panic in his voice as he's talking about it and he's letting people know or as he's calling his kids to let them know uh, that they need to get in the basement. Um, but, man, it's as soon as he realized it was over his house, man, he was – in fact, I, I, I want to say he, he he saw it ahead of time. He was – as the video starts, you can see him. He's already he's already texting trying to call and get a hold of him. Um, yeah. that's That's what we're supposed to do as men with our family. Um, you know, the minute you see your home is under, under a threat and your kids are under a threat. Uh, the first thing that you want to do is you want to call them. Um, I'm going to be honest, Cole. I, I, I don't understand how guys cannot be that way with their kids. Um, and have, yeah, I mean, I think it comes natural for most of us, but I mean, that was definitely a heads up man play of the week because I mean, he, he Mm -hmm. didn't miss a beat. I mean, he was like getting his phone out while he was seeing the red spot show up over his neighborhood. I mean, the guy didn't miss a beat. I mean, that was just on live TV TV, didn't care who cares my career. I don't care about anything. They're even going to hear this conversation. I don't care. (laughs) I mean, and they're probably not showing this video on any other news network, right? That's fine. It's too positive but, of a story. But um, yeah. but I did notice the comments, Wes. You sent me this video, and uh, I looked at the comments, and he got nothing but praise. I mean, those yeah. people were just, yeah. I mean, thousands of likes. And and so, I mean, people know a good dad when they see mm-hmm. one. Yep. So um, not that this is going to be – this episode is all about dads, uh, but uh, it's not, not about dads. It's just about men in general. Um but that was that was just that was spot on. I mean, the guy deserves definite kudos. So I wanted to make sure that when I saw the video, I wanted to make sure that we uh, we gave credit where credit was due. Great job on that, Dad. I don't even know who he is, uh, what network he is, what his name is, but um, great job to that guy. Uh, so I want to talk, uh, kind of carry on from our, our our episode last week. We got we we didn't even get through episode, through point number one. Uh, last week, uh, which was how do we find the way of good men? Uh, Proverbs chapter two, verse 20 says, uh, 
that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. Uh, so we want to find the way of good men. We want to find that path. Um, and that's what we were talking about. So last week we talked about three worldviews that we consider false worldviews. And we, we, we went down the line of what makes them false ideologies. And we even mentioned that, you know, these are not just views in the world, but these are views in the church as well. Um, but today we want to kind of shift gears and go into what the Bible says about manhood. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about a couple different things, but where I pull this from is first Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. Um, and uh, let me pull that up or I will misquote it. Uh, so give me, bear with me just a second. Like I said, in episode one, I don't do technology very well, folks. That's not my strong suit. Uh, that's why I have Mike producing this show. Um, and, uh, evidently sometimes he can't do it very well, or we're just, you know, we're just in a really big battle. No, Mike does a really good job. So, uh, we're, we're just going through it today, but first Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 through 14, it says, watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with charity. So watch ye, be vigilant, is really what's saying there. Stand fast in the faith. I think that's where we're going to more depth. Quit you like men. That's that's an old-fashioned term, folks, for act like men. Be manly. Be man-like. Uh, be strong. Be mighty. Um, and then let all your things be done with charity. That word charity uh, is is a New Testament word for love. Uh, in fact, in the King James Version, uh, which is what I generally read from, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. Well, in the King James Version, it's the word for love is charity. That's that what that word is there. So we're going to go through this. And we're talking about all of these different things, these points here. Um, so let's talk about vigilance. Let's start right there, vigilance. Um, you know, it's, it's primarily a military terminology. Especially there in that verse, it's, it's talking about things like that. You, so you brought up uh, Webster's dictionary. You want to read that again for us? Or? Yeah, I usually anytime we get into words that are not commonly really spoke, you don't hear it a lot in our mm -hmm. vernacular today. Uh, I always like to just check out the uh, the Webster there. It says watchful. And it, this this is it's kind of funny because the verse that you read, it, it, you know, mentions a lot of these um, attributes: watchful, wide awake, alert. Being on the lookout, especially for danger or opportunity. So yeah. it definitely is a defensive posture. It is something that is you're guarding yourself yeah. by taking in information around you so that it does not impede your progress as a man. That's how I personally would see applying this. I will also tag team you on another verse uh, that is found in the Bible about our adversary. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, that word, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so my dad always said, that, you know, Satan's not omniscient. He does not know everything, but you never have to tell him more than once. And once he figures out where you hide your goat, mm. he'll get your goat. Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a trapper myself. I like to, to do a little bit of coyote trapping here on the farm uh, to manage things. And... Um, I think I like to think of Satan about being the best trapper our no, minds yeah. could possibly yeah. conceive. And he knows the right bait to put next to the trap he's got for you. It won't be the same bait for Wes as it would be for Cole or whoever's listening. He knows what kind of trap to set. So in order to avoid these pitfalls along the way, these traps, this first point you've got here, uh, vigilance to me, it really rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a couple aspects to this. Um, I think, you know, in our earlier discussions, when we were trying to do this before we mentioned, uh, mentioned that, you know, the enemy, the, the, the devil doesn't always come with the pointy horns and the pitchfork and the tail. You know, we, we want to think of him as, um, as, as, as that, that handlebar mustache villain. Snidely we whiplash. Yeah. We, or we want to think of him as, we want to think of him as as Osama bin Laden or, you know, now the big yeah. bad is Vladimir Putin. Everybody's out after Vladimir Putin. But, folks, I mean, those are big, obvious ones. We want to uh, – another one, Hitler. Oh, man, well, that's an obvious one, right? Yeah. But what about the not-so-obvious ones? 
my experience is the biggest, baddest guys, the guys that you really have to worry about the most are the guys you never see coming. Well, I mean, Wes, let's just pull it out here. Second Corinthians 11, 14, Satan himself is transformed or disguised as an angel of light. Yeah. Uh, talk about the master of camouflage. He is yep. not going to, uh, you know, give you the heads up on his playbook. And so no. absolutely uh, we know Lucifer was God's most beautiful angel yep. and he was absolutely stunning in every way. And so you have to look at him as being way more than you'll ever be. And there's no possibility right. of you ever beating him. Okay, let's get started. Because, yeah. you know, if you're hooked into Christ, if you're hooked into the great King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then this Prince of Darkness is no match for you. So you've got this this vigilance thing here is only going to be possible yep. if you are walking a path uh, that is uh, you know parallel to that of the King of Kings, uh, yep. the Lord of Hosts. Yeah. So I mean, and it, so and even beyond the warnings that we get through Scripture. Sun Tzu mentions it in the Art of War. You know, all warfare is is based on deception. All warfare doesn't matter what it's from. So if you're talking about, in fact, I I look at the 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 combat situation, the, the warfare that we're seeing in Russia, in in Ukraine and Russia right now. It, it's almost masterful the deception plays that we're watching from the Ukrainians, the level of of psychological warfare and things of that nature. Um, Russians are going up to Ukrainian farmers towards the beginning of the war. They were going up to Ukrainian farmers because they were getting lost saying, Hey, where do we go? And the Ukrainians are going, Oh, don't worry. We'll get you right where you need to go and leading them straight into the hands of Ukrainian forces. I mean, they were pulling stuff like that all the time. It's just masterful deception uh, techniques, right? Well, when we talk about spiritual warfare, there's no difference. All warfare is based on deception. And the Bible tells us that the, that our enemy, he's the great deceiver. That's what he does. Yep. Here's First what you're going to find out. He yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't change tactics. He uses the same stuff over and over and over again. But the reason he does is because it works. We fall for it every single time. So why, why are you going to fix what's not broke? You know, so we have to be vigilant on these things. We have to be vigilant on these traps. One of the other traps that we fall into is this idea of that our perception is reality or that we have to live up to other people's perceptions. One of the things that I've noticed is, you know, and it, I hear this a lot. I heard it a lot when I was in the military. You know, that's what they preached to us a little, quite a bit was perception is reality. And really what they were trying to do is they were trying to give us to get us to uh, to live up to a certain standard and operate at a certain standard. And, and in that sense, you know, it's not a bad thing to uh, Paul says it, be, you know, be all things to all men, you know. But at the same time, you have to be careful with that, you know, because just because someone perceives something to be reality doesn't make it so. You know, I think the, the one that gets me is. um you, you hear it now all the time is this, this idea of relative truth. My truth is, it's my truth. I'm just speaking my truth. You know, you're speaking your truth, but I'm speaking my truth. You have to accept my truth. Well, I, I, if your truth isn't true, I don't have to accept it. In fact, I'm obligated not to. And what we'll do is I've seen, I've seen several people. It's a meme where, you know, you've got two people. There's a, there's a number written on the ground. And depending on where you're standing, it looks like a six or a nine. And the, the caption is you, what it is, is depending on, on how you're, how you look at it. You know, it's, it's trying to advocate for that, that relative truth. But the reality is that's not true. Whoever drew that number on the ground, either intended it to be a nine or a six. And whatever, whatever they intended that number to be, is what that number is. It doesn't matter how you perceive it to be. The truth is the truth is the truth. It's absolute. It doesn't change. You know, um, one of the things that I, I was doing research and I wasn't even looking into this for this podcast, but it, 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 it struck me how, how powerful of a, how powerful it was to consider. Um, we've, 
we've been looking after faster than light technology for for decades now. Um, ever since the show Star Trek came out and Star Wars and all those sci-fi shows, uh, there's an article written about the speed of light. And the the author said the speed of light is the one thing that is absolutely measurable. It doesn't change. It is the most consistent thing that we can find in the universe. It is there's nothing else that can match it. It's so consistent. In fact, it is so we we can get it to to the point. It's so accurate and so absolute in what it is that we we can based off the calculations of speed of light, we get our calculations for measurement for how we measure a centimeter or an inch or a meter or a mile. Mm -hmm. All of our measurement mathematically comes from the speed, what we understand of the speed of light because that is so absolutely true. Well, why is that absolutely true? It's see, and that's the, that's the whole point. It's, it's, we can, we can war game it. We can make believe we can dream things up all day long, but the, the bottom line is no matter what you do, no matter how you look at it, no matter what you put into it, the speed of light is not going to change. Truth is the very same way. No matter how you look at it, no matter what perspective, no matter what angle you come from, the truth, the reality of it, the is what it is. It's absolute. It, it's unchanging. And for me, what I found is the most true thing that I've seen comes straight from scripture. I've, I've, it's proven. You mentioned it last week. It's proven to me. You know that that scripture, that text is just. It's it's it's. I've seen no error in it. I've seen no contradiction in it. I've seen no. Um, I've seen no lies, no fabrications. Um, I see science trying to catch up to it, and not the other way around. You know, which tells me that that's where the truth lies. And the more I hold on to that and grip that truth, nothing else matters. So, and, and so here's what we're trying to say. Look, our job as men is to stop looking at our perception and seek truth. We should gauge and filter our perception through the truth and not the other way around. If we're, if we're filtering the truth through our perception, we're doing it wrong. Truth has to come first. That should be That's our right. filter. That's our filter. So vigilance. Do you have, did you have anything else to add on vigilance? Anything you wanted to throw out there? Well, I think some questions that I would definitely um, ask on this path of manhood with vigilance is what kinds of things are able to hypnotize me mm -hmm. that would keep me from being vigilant. And you were talking yeah. about phones earlier in our earlier discussion oh, and man, how yeah. much time we allow outside influences. Now leave the phone and let's just go to other things. I yeah. call them time wasters or time vacuums. They take mm -hmm. time to, I mean, even the great Tom Brady once said, every yes I say is a no to a billion other things. And yep. you have to decide what it is you really want to say yes to. Because when you say yes to trying to be the best possible version of a man that you can be, you're going to have to watch out for distractions and things yeah. that can hypnotize you uh, from being vigilant, which is, of course, incredibly necessary as a defensive measure to ensure that you don't get carried away with distractions of life uh, on yeah. your on your journey. But that's, you know, we, we could say toxic friendships, toxic activities. Um, there there are um, there's value in saying we're not saying be paranoid. No, <laughs> when we say be vigilant, we're not saying be paranoid and, you know, look, look around you and, and to be no, there's, yeah. this is something you can yeah. do while you work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no need to be, uh, to think that there's somebody out to get you all the time. Not every vehicle right. and, that's and, behind and you that, is chasing you. We, know, we both you know? know people with that attitude. Yeah. 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 Everyone's um, so out to get them. It's you, take a, take a common sense approach to it. 
Yes. It's really what it is. Take a common sense. So when we're talking about like, you know, being vigilant to threats and things like that, uh, for example, the, the weatherman is a perfect example of that. Yep. Spotted it, identified it, and and and, and acted. Did what defended he defended and do. moved on. Yeah, def- and and got right back to work. Right. So that that's the kind of approach you be watchful for the threats. I mean, understand there's threats out there because okay, here's the reality. We got people out there that they live in a sugar coated world. Sure. I've literally had them tell me, well, when I start talking about um, being vigilant and being watchful and things like that I've literally had them tell me, well, I just prefer to live in a sugar coated world. Well, then you don't live in the real world. Threats are out there. Dangers are out there. There is there's evil that exists in the world. Yeah. But we shouldn't be so not to get political, up. not to get political with this, yeah. but I mean if you just want to let everyone come down come come that wants to come over the borders whenever yeah. and however they want to, want you to understand some kids are going to get murdered and raped because of that. Now you can you can say, well, we can't control it. Well, you kind of can. I mean, you if you do it the yeah. right if, if you come the right way, those kids have yeah. a better chance of not getting drugged by fentanyl or what there are what we're trying to say is these answers to these life issues aren't as easy as the sugar-coated world people might uh, think they are say, yeah. because there's consequence to every action and we're all just weighing the, the 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 pros and cons to these actions yeah in the best possible way we can um and that's a part of being vigilant and you mentioned it last week there's a balance to this all yes you know there's a balance to it there. So yes. you've got those that live in the sugar-coated world. That's, that's the one extreme. And then you've got those that are ultra paranoid, you know, uh, that, you know, there's, there's a threat behind every blade, blade of grass, you know, you and can't I, that before. phrase, so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good comes to mind. It yeah, is you, possible to not be any earthly use. If you can't hit the pause button on applying, you know, this scripture to everything you do today so much so that you're paralyzed with fear that you're yeah. going to make a mistake. Right. Um, yeah. th- I would rather make my mistake the other way and get something done for God, <laughs> yeah. you know, than to, than to sit here and ponder about these things. Yeah. You, you yeah. have to keep moving with it. So I think, yeah, I think we beat that one as uh, that drum as, as hard as we can, but I, it's, yeah. it's such an important Just, one. It could be a, this attribute that it could be its own series. So it's really yeah, hard and, to just and probably get all of these. Probably. Yeah, we'll probably turn it into yeah. into one of uh, in, into at least its own episode, maybe at some point. But the, the key there is balance, guys. Just yeah. just use some common sense, use a common sense approach to it, um, and, and you'll be fine. Um, so the, the only other thing I would say is internal assessment on vigilance. You know, it's it's identify the strongholds that are in your life that are holding you back. Uh, identify the strongholds in your family's life. You know, and uh, and because you want it. You want to protect your kids from their weaknesses too, you know, because yep. right now they're just, I, my kids, they, they, they don't know, they don't know how to protect themselves from those kind of things. So we do it for them as parents, you know, so, um, identify those strongholds, um, and then act. And that, that's all it is. It's just identify the threat and act, but understand balance, balance, balance. That's all it is. So vigilance watchy and then the next one is stand fast therefore in the faith so out of that is so a man is vigilant and then a man is faithful all right so there's a couple things to this um but we you kind of stumbled on this uh this twitter page this week Mm. as we prepared for this episode um and uh so do you have it pulled up i got it pulled up yeah. i just got it a little lower down um i got it it was just, and i don't first of all i don't even know who this person as far as their i think it's i think woman. it's a magazine it's a woman's magazine ev magazine okay. yeah yeah so i don't really know if this is something i'm not we're not promoting her but it when you when you um are checking uh a certain theme or topic of of uh and in our in our case uh man code stuff uh sometimes you run across something that um kind of pertains to 
your topic, and this is the one that I sent you, Wes. This this women's magazine says the following. Now, this is a hot button issue, so here we go. It says, if your fiance goes to a strip club for his bachelor party, you should call the wedding off, which I completely agree with, by the way. Not that you would never marry that person, okay, but you need to you need to seek restoration, and you guys need to put that date on hold and, and figure out if you're actually uh, committed or not. But I'm going to read it again. If your fiance goes to a strip club for his bachelor party, you should call off the wedding. Now, the most important part of these kinds of posts is social media's reaction. I, I was like, I can't wait to read all the posts about how all the men in this world, Wes, agree with her. And these chivalrous knights in shining armors who just love yeah. Romeo and Juliet, you know, and want to treat their Juliet right. with the utmost respect. I didn't I see any of that in there. Club the night yeah. before, by the way. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure if you did. Uh, but anyway, I've got to read this particular comment. This this <laughs> this one's rough. I mean, I feel like I'm uh, like your IQ this is guy, dropping just by reading it. Yeah, I won't read his name. It says, "Me and my twenty cousins rented." This is a reply to that post. Me and my twenty cousins rented an eighteen-passenger van. They drove me to Las Vegas on an eight-hour trip. They dragged me to a strip club as part of my bachelor party. My fiance at the time. Trusts me. She knew. And she knows my true character. It was just good, clean fun. <laughs> that one gets me every time. It kills me. Good, clean fun. Folks, I assume, you know, the, the, the stripper was, you know, dressed as Mother Teresa or something and then right. take off she, her clothes. She, was that she had the little house on the prairie dress? Just good, you know, clean fun. On. Good, clean fun. Oh, but I, seriously, folks, I read through. I can't tell you, I read through six or seven posts of men responding to her and they were all making excuses for spending a night. Now, you understand, they've already proposed. We all know what goes. You go down on that right knee and you offer a ring and you give your heart to that princess. They'd already done that. And then the night before they marry her out of selfishness, lack of self-control and a fear. Of, I call it FOMO, fear of missing out. You've all heard that. Mm -hmm. I want one more night of a bachelor. Well, you're not a bachelor anymore when you hold yeah. that ring up. I'm talking about in your heart. If you're a man and you committed to that, ain't no other flesh no. supposed to be in front of you but your wife. And I'm sorry if 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 the, if, if that bothers you to hear that, then you, you definitely ain't going to want to hear what the Bible has to say about that because I'm just yeah. a messenger. So Wes, it, come on, what do you think, yeah, man? No, no. So one, you're exactly you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's you you're betrothed at that point. The minute you put that ring yes. on, you're betrothed at that point. And it, it's it's we ha, we as men have to take those oaths and those vows way more seriously than what we have in the past. Um, and I'm I'm not just speaking to men out there. I have I, I I have to check my heart. I have to check my life. I have to check my check my own my own character in this as well. Sometimes, um, with that wandering eye that men get, this is this is this, this is not about good, perfection. clean, fun. This, this is, is not. We're not good, saying you know. we're not saying you got to be perfect no. after you're married. None of us are perfect. No, men, but man, the Bible that, says this, if you think about a woman in your heart, the lust after you've committed adultery. We're not saying no. That you're going to be perfect. What we're saying is, is that when you make a commitment to somebody and willfully yeah. decide to do something opposite after you've made that commitment, you are in direct opposition of loyalty and faithfulness. There's no devotion. That's not true devotion. Not even it's close. Not. You can't. You can't call yourself a devoted husband. In fact, I'll go as far as this: you cannot call yourself a loving husband by doing that. So, um, and it, here's the thing we have to understand. It's not just the men. Here's a quote that I found from, from a, a, a lady. She says, no way. I want to go with him too. I have way more fun at strip clubs than he does anyway. Why? why? I mean, it sounds like a great beginning to, right? to a happy marriage of, you know, this is monogamy. Does anybody remember it's it's one person it's, for the rest of your life? And that's a precious thing because you are literally giving yourself to that person as the greatest commitment. You're giving your life to somebody. It's a picture mm -hmm. of what Christ did for the church. Yeah. 
and you're spitting on it the night before and you're going to get up there and hear all these beautiful love songs while you're, you know, supposedly this oh. was your soulmate, but you were with a stripper mm -hmm. the night before this. I don't have to, if you don't, if this isn't something you're serious about, then you shouldn't then do it. It's, it. You shouldn't do it. And if don't your do wife it. doesn't care, you know, what, why in the world wouldn't you care? First of all, yeah. And why don't you have the fortitude inside yourself and the discipline to understand what kind of pain that's going to cause in the future? Because it's all about what's going on now this, and not it, what that's yeah. going to affect down the line. Yeah. It comes down to self-control. It's discipline. Yes. And it, it, guys, this is, you have to be disciplined, not just for yourself, but you have to be disciplined for her and for your future. I mean, the, the reality is this kind of lifestyle is a legacy. Whether you want to pass a legacy on or not, you're going to. And it's it's how, what, how you live and what you do. You choose what kind of legacy you're going to pass on to your kids. Because one way or, the, or another, you're going to pass it on. And you're either going to pass on a legacy of lasciviousness and lust and, and wickedness and darkness and 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 or you're going to pass on a good solid legacy. Your man, your yep. your your sons will know what a good man is. Your daughters will know what a good man is. And your if sons you did will that, have and if that was you, if the story we just read on the text was you, what's your attitude about it now? What's your heart posture about it now? Yeah. We're not telling you you made a mistake in life by marrying uh, someone. What we're saying is that what is your heart posture towards that? It, was it a sin yeah. or was it just good, clean fun? Because if that's your attitude towards that, if that's your heart posture towards that, you're not ready for what's next. No, and no. And, and understand. <laughs> and then you're guys. not going to be able to tell your kids yeah. and give them advice on how to handle that situation. Uh, if you frame it as good, clean fun. And you got to understand, we're not we're not judging no. you as an individual if that's what you've done in the past. I Not at all. I, I have already said it. Well, I've already said it at, at some point. Uh, no one cares what you've done. We only care what you're doing now, right? Christ is not here to sit there. Or God doesn't. God's grace is an amazing thing. We said that episode one, and God's grace is an abundant. It is abundant. The Bible says that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. It's yep. abundant. There's there's forgiveness. There's restore restoration. There, but you know, I, I can't. I, I I can't not call that out as what it no, is. We can't frame and, that as a social norm. No. A strip club the night before your wedding cannot no. be framed as a social social norm for the Christian. That no. you can't. It ha you, you have to you have to call it it's what it is. It's not the Bible. Yep. And and what it is not is good clean fun. It is not good clean fun. Nope. That just blew my mind, man. That yeah, that, but I mean, I mean you, you, but Wes, I mean. Again, this is this is more than likely not the exception. This is more the rule. Yeah. And so it needs to be talked about. This is this is the tough stuff. This is, you know, I don't I don't like being the one to have to bring this up and be the only guy out of probably a hundred who would say, What are you guys doing? Yeah. Don't you take here, this seriously? That's I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. So and, and let's 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 also call a spade a spade. More than likely, this is not a Christian individual. That's calling this good, clean fun. I don't see fruit there. I, you know, that's yeah. the most I can say. And, and, and so what I will say to that is it, it doesn't surprise me when the world acts like the acts like the world. Sure. Good point. Fair point. But I, what's also what's very shameful is that it's getting to the point where I'm not surprised when the church acts like the world. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, ouch. we have to be the Bible tells us that we have to be different. You know. The, the Bible says that we're a peculiar people. That doesn't mean that we're weird and strange and that we're, we're, we're a bunch of weirdos and losers. No, we're intriguing because we're different. Yep. That's the whole point. That's right. Be different. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to be that kind of guy. You can be better. And that's the whole point of this is, is striving to be better. So faithfulness, man, first of all, you know, the Bible talks about faith as a, as a shield. Well, we talked about accountability at one or last week. Um, I think we, we talked about it at length last week, really. Um, but it falls right back in the line with that faith is a shield. That shield is not just for your heart. 
yourself. It is for your heart to guard your heart, but that shield as a man is for your family as well. You, you've got to protect. You're, you're not just guarding your heart for the sake of yourself for you to be a better man. You're guarding your heart for the sake of your wife, for the sake of your children. And these are key things that we have to remember. I mean, if yeah. we're just doing this out of a selfish, well, I just, I just, I, I'm looking out for number one. You're missing the whole point of this. Missing the whole point. Being a man is not about looking after number one. I was watching another video, uh, a, a video uh, it's from the movie Fences from 2016, uh, where it's Denzel Washington plays uh, this, this really strict, strict dad from 1950s raising a son um, who just, they, butted heads and didn't get along. And there's, in fact, James Earl Jones in 1987 did, did the, was, did the play played the same part that Denzel Washington plays. But uh, there's a scene in there where the boy looks, turns around, looks at his dad says, you, you just, I don't understand why you don't like me. He says, like you, who says I got to like you. And he goes on this long tirade of, do you have food in your belly? Do you have a, a roof over your head? Do you have, all of your needs met do you do you have blood in your veins are you a flesh and blood person then i've given you everything i have to give you not because i like you but because you're my son i have a duty and a responsibility to take care of you to provide for you to protect you guys we have a responsibility to our families and it's not just because we just have a duty and a responsibility we need to do it because we love them and they mean the world to us i'll tell you this you come at my family i will burn the world to the ground for my family i will we, kingsguard pun all not intended here but i will literally line the world in the town square with heads on pikes you come at my family and I'm going to get a little medieval on you. Not because I have a duty and a responsibility, though I do, and I need to recognize that, but because I love them more than my own life. And I would do anything for them. That is how we need to approach this. That's sitting there saying going to a strip club is good, clean, fun. No, no, sir. No, no. That's, that's a danger and a threat. We've already talked about vigilance. And you can't even identify the threat to your yeah. home, to your marriage, to your kids, to your future. We have to be faithful, man. We have to use that shield to protect our families. And not only that, but, you know, that's what this brotherhood is about, is helping each other and protecting our families. So the shields... That, that Paul was talking about was the Roman shield. That The shield did very, very little. A Roman soldier was not very effective on his own. I think this was you that brought this up. No, 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 it, was, it wasn't you. It was uh, uh, Seth Hamilton. He's one of, one of the guys here in our church. Uh, he mentioned it. You know, so Roman soldiers were not very effective fighters on their own. In fact, on their own, they kind of sucked. You know, they were very vulnerable, very easily taken down. Um, all of their training, everything they did was about fighting within a unit, moving together, staying in formation, shields locked, all of that. And what they would, what you would find is when you put a group of Romans together and they got in formation and locked their shields, you were going to have a bit of a time trying to break through that because they were disciplined together. They worked together. They 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 lived together. They bred or they 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 ate bread together. They they everything they did was together. And as a brotherhood, we tend to just decide we're going to go it alone, folks. We got to lock shields together and work alongside of each other to protect our homes, protect our families, protect our communities from the filth that the world wants to tell us is good, clean, fun. Because it's going to destroy our homes. So, I don't know, you got anything else to add to that, Cole? No, sir, I think that's good. Yeah, so, uh, being a man, it's it's a man is vigilant, uh, a man is faithful, and a man is manly. A man is manly. So, if you look at that word manly, it means to be man-like, like a man. Act like a man. I think that's really what it boils down to, 
you know, and, and, and the truth of the matter is that requires action, whatever that may be. Guys, that means that you actually have to go be a dad. You actually have to go be a husband. You say, well, we don't have the white space. I get it. I don't, I, I was talking to my wife not too long ago when we were talking about all of the things that we have to do. And the older we get, the more, the more things we have to do. And it just seems like there is not enough white space in the week. Um, our date nights have literally become grocery shopping at Walmart. You know, I don't know if you guys have been there yet, but that's, that's, Oh yeah. It's been yeah, our date night sometimes, man. We'll, we'll just go any, out. Anytime you're not with kids becomes. Yeah. A that's a date night. And it's like, you know, and I've heard guys, I've heard experts talk like, no, you need to, you, that can't be your date night. You need to go do an actual date, man. I can't gas prices the way they are. I can't afford can't afford to do that right now lord have mercy man but you get the time where you can there's days i mean because between all the stuff that we've got going on i work long hours i'm I'm down here in the office quite a bit sometimes i just gotta pack the i gotta grab unhook the computer and go to the don't go to the work sit down next to the sit down next to my wife as she's in the bed or whatever it may be and i'll work on the computer right there with her and we'll have that have those conversations as i'm there what cracks me up is that we'll have those conversations you'll say something like oh i'm sorry i know you're busy i came up here literally to have conversation with you because that's more important than whatever it is i'm typing right now you know and there's times that i don't do that well i still i struggle with that probably more than anything else is breaking myself away from the mundane and all the busyness of life and all of the 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 work that I feel like I have to do and just going and, and, and being dad and being, being the husband that I need to be. That's, that's where I fail the most. It really is. I mean, yeah. just in, in the spirit of transparency, that's what I, that's what I'm working on. Um, I mean, I mentioned it last week, you know, my, the, where I tend to, to fail is when I, I, that solitude that I have to get work done or spend time with God stops becoming solitude and becomes more isolation, you know? Um, so manliness, man, it's, it's, it's about fulfilling those obligations and actually going to do act and, and, and do the things that the manly things that we're, that we need to do. So whether that is work or that is spending time with family or, cause you still got to work guys. And can we talk about that for a minute? Cause that man, I, I am I'm quickly becoming agitated with the lack of work ethic in this nation. I I go through probably I conduct probably about three dozen interviews a week for people uh, to come work for us, and and those that do come work for me, man, I, I let them know that I have a very high standard. But then I mean it's the minute they do something wrong where it's like, Hey man, you did this wrong. Let's correct it. And then we'll do better next time. You can't talk to me like that. Well, I just said you did something wrong that you didn't do the job correctly. And I'm trying to correct that action so that we can do the job better, trying to make you a better employee and a better, you know, help you out in this potential career that you're working on that you told me you wanted. And we become this, I don't have to do nothing. You tell me, I literally had a, somebody ask me, he's like, well, I would like a position where I can just sit down. I don't have any of those. It's this, this, this idea that we're all we, all we need to do is just show up and get a paycheck and not do nothing. That's not, that's not how I learned to work. My dad always called it grabbing the gravy. You always yeah. knew those guys that were trying to, <laughs> trying to get the easy yeah, one, man. The easy out. Like I, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's definitely a common thread that I think that, I mean, the Bible mentions laziness along with all the other sins. It is, it, men want, what's the least I can do I mean, as Christians, mm -hmm. even, even this is what we do. What's the least I can do and oh, still yeah. consider myself right with my creator. I mean, it's yep. that, that is a growth area we can all learn from. So I'm, I think it's good. You mentioned it. I think it's, we, we need to work on our work ethic. You know, when you yep. think about how important it is to strive for excellence in what we do. And, so, and excellence is one of the things that we're going to we're going to spend a whole episode on excellence. So I don't want to spend too much time here. Okay. But I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, 
Um, because that's really what this falls under is excellence. Um, but I'll, yeah. I'll leave you with this. I was, it was when I was in the army, I went to recruiting school. Um, I don't recommend recruiting school to anybody that's in the army. If you think that you want to be a recruiter, I'm here to tell you, you don't, don't do it. <laughs> I'm trying to save your life here. Okay. Um, uh, but I went to recruiting school and I remember doing, you got to do a PT test while you're there. And, um, I remember standing around, I'm listening. So I was, I was, I was one of two green berets in the entire school. Right. Um, and as we're in the class, we're standing there, we're getting ready to do the, 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 uh, the PT test. And I hear some of those, the soldiers talking. And when you're doing the, you do a PT test, everybody starts talking about what they need to do. Right. Cause you know, you're trying to get your mind right. Trying to get your mindset where it needs to be. And I'm used to doing it. I was used to doing PT tests with green berets. Right. And I'm going to be honest guys, if just cause there's going to be green berets watching this and they're going to call me out if I don't say it which is fine. Uh, it just keeps me more accountable there. The green berets that I worked with were far better than I was. All right. Um, and I'm just very, very honored to have worked with them. Um, but when you work with green berets, the standard is never the bare minimum. Like we say, Hey, this is the standard. I remember team sergeant. He's like, Hey, the standard is a 290 on a PT test, right? The max was a 300. He's like, the bare minimum that we accept on this team is a 290. That's the bare minimum, which means that you better be you better be striving for much higher than that. Well, we go to the re recruiting school and we're, we're in there and they're, they're talking. And all I hear is, what do I have to do to pass? Right now, for the Army PT test, the standard Army PT test is a 180. That's all you got to do to pass. And they're like, what do I got to do to pass? Really, all you got to do is breathe, right? And that's what they're looking for. They're just wanting the easiest path to get what they need. Where in my mind, as I'm standing there in this in this recruiting school, which is I didn't need to, I didn't need to go full bore on this PT test to pass. I knew I was going to be okay. I knew I had what it takes. I knew I was going to that I was going to graduate. I none of to, at that point for me, none of that mattered. But yet I'm here doing a PT test. This is the task that you I've been given. And in my mind, my mind is, how do I do my best? How do I max the score? We have too many people, like you just said, it's about what can I do to just get by? That's just the wrong answer. That's not manly at all. It's not manly at all. We need to be manly. We need to act like men. We need to, we need to find the standard and then do our very, very best, not to just reach the standard, but to exceed the standard. And, uh, so like I said, I want to be that, uh, that four step block, you know, where, uh, strong men make uh, good times. You oh know, yeah. Probably heard yeah. that hard, hard, hard times make strong men, strong men make good times. But unfortunately right now, here's where we are. Good times make weak men because everything was provided for us on a silver platter. Oh, you think yeah. any one of us, could have worked like our granddaddies did out with an old oh, mule, no. plowing no. furrows in the ground and by the sweat of his brow. And, and praying all that work was enough for it to maybe rain and maybe get enough harvest so he wouldn't have to figure something yep. else out to go work and do so he could feed his family just to yep. keep him alive. Yep. But, you know, we can just take a loan out and pretend we're going to pay two. Two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars in the next ten years on a on a house, and we don't even have and to do nothing but sign our name on it. And they complain that they're holding us to the loan. Yeah, right. I want like, to we them. didn't read that and sign yeah. it and understand that we're taking we're borrowing someone else's money. But the good news is, weak men make hard times, which is kind of where we're at. So that means, and the purpose of this podcast is Hopefully that we're going to start making. We're going to start men. taking strong men yeah so yeah that's the goal here that's the goal so <laughs> a man is vigilant a man is faithful a man is manly and a man is strong so this is really uh this is not just about physical strength although we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit but i want to talk about first because i think if you can't get inner strength first the physical strength really isn't going to matter much yep. you know you have to be a man of strong character. And that's, that's unfortunately, we talked about weak men. That's where we're at. We have a bunch of men that just don't have a very strong character. 
you know, they, they, they're, for lack of a better term, like weak men is almost the perfect example for this. Jordan Peterson talks about this, you know, because everybody says, well, I just want to be a good man. I want to be a good man. Uh, and then they, they talk about being a good man as being a harmless man, right? Jordan Peterson made the statement. He said, a, 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 a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a dangerous man who has that under voluntary control. Then he also made another statement that that caught me. He said, "Probably the most dangerous man around that you can encounter, and not in a good way, is a weak man. Because a weak man is uncontrolled. There's no discipline there. There's no temperance. There's no there's no there's no measured responses. In fact, uh, we did a our, our King's Guard roundtable at our church last night." Uh, we had a great devotional uh, by one of the men there. He and he, he talked about this. Talked about the keyboard warrior guys. People have just gotten comfortable tapping away on the computer um, and saying whatever they want to say without without fear of repercussions. In fact, we said we we're going to talk about him last week. And I think there's a good place to, to to talk about him. Mike Tyson made the statement: "Too many people." have gotten comfortable saying whatever they want to say on social media without getting punched in the face. Right. Said that I probably, I've seen that meme. I've seen that quote float around for about what a year and a half now, maybe. And then last week, some dude forgot he wasn't on social media. Granted, he was a little intoxicated and got a little too close to Mike Tyson and kept just saying whatever he wanted to say. And then Mike Tyson just beat the snot out of him. You know, so um, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not praising Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson, there's there's a lot of things there, but Mike Tyson's probably not the guy you want to antagonize. You know, yeah. The thing with Mike Tyson is, for a man who clearly, and he's very public about his mental health um, battle that he goes through, and a lot of depression and anxiety and things, social uh, anxiety, and so it was a really, really, really bad idea. For someone to get intoxicated and pick on him because that would that was that's like poking a bear yeah. times infinity. But but the point with that one is for for what he for what he really goes through mentally uh, in that fight, he says some pretty smart things. I mean, he says some really like deep. You can tell he's a thinker. Mm -hmm. And what he saw this coming a long time ago. Where warned him. He these warned people him. He, are yeah. using, they're using the shadows of the internet to, you know, take on a persona of fake strength. We talked about, you know, mm -hmm. having a false appearance of something that you're not. That's not yeah. even who these people are. I can't bring it to myself to criticize people online simply because I want them to know who I am. I want to attach my name to what yeah. I say. And I struggle on social media because it's so disingenuous to as an anonymous poster or someone who, you know, no one's ever going to know who you are, first name only or, you know, whatever. I think in order to get on those and this is my tangent, I think in order to get on those things, you need to give your home address and phone number and your real name and everybody, you know, to be public record if you want to. Now, that was not, that was stretching it a bit for privacy yeah. reasons. But my point is, is like if you want to really. You know take on this persona it needs to cost you something your words yeah. need to matter otherwise you just stream of consciousness yep. and you're being contrary for no reason and at the end of the day no growth has occurred in that person well, we, we we've heard it said deeds not words right and right um i mentioned this in, in episode one that i there's i've got some issues with that that comment there's it's not that it's wrong necessarily but you me and my dad have had this conversation quite a bit. Um, deeds are important, but so are words because words drive deeds. Right. And I, I think the my moral for that statement is, is they're both incredibly valuable mm -hmm. <laughs> because is, as a Christian, we say, well, I got faith, but no works. I don't need them. Well, no, James said. Uh, yeah, if you got faith, it's dead without works. You're yeah. going to have works as a natural 
uh, you know, entity that comes along with your faith. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. If you're going to have is going to drive your works. Yeah. If yeah. your words mean anything at all, they will soon be followed by deeds. And, yeah. You, and, and, and that's the thing. That's why it's so, it's so important to just measure your words. Yes. Measure don't make, words. don't make bad commitments. <laughs> so I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this example. And, and for guys that knew me when, in my early days in the military, you guys can, can vouch for this. I, I, man, I got that long. I got the special forces tab in that green beret, man. And I went, I got to group. And if you didn't have one of those, I didn't care about your opinion. Didn't really care if I needed something from you. I was a green beret. You were a sport guy. You're going to give it to me. I remember kicking doors in to get a piece of paper from a guy. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no self-control, no discipline. Right. No, like right. I was just this hard charger and you know and there were certain there were certain people in group that would be like that would pat you on the back for that and i remember it wasn't even a great a fellow green beret it was this it was this dude his name was big mo right big old black guy he was he ran our transportation part part uh, uh section uh big mo was awesome all right uh i remember big mo coming in and just you knew if Big Mo liked you when he walked in the room because he would shake your hand. If he didn't shake your hand, he wasn't he wasn't impolite. He spoke to everyone the same way. But the people he he liked and genuinely cared about, he would shake their hand. Man always shook my hand. And it, it never I never really understood why until later on. He he knew that the hard charger door kicking guy and was that may have been a part of my personality, but that's not really who I was. I was just undisciplined and uncontrolled and he was going to show me a better way. And I remember he took me out to go do some, uh, run some errands with him one day. And man, I saw how he interacted with people and it changed the way that I did things because what I learned was sometimes it's better. It's the old same and you get, you get more ants with honey than you do with vinegar. You know, so, um, man, measured, measured words matter. They mean something. Your yep. words matter. You know, Jordan Peterson, again, I'll go back to him. He said, you know, the most dangerous thing that you can be is articulate. The most dangerous yep. thing that you can be is articulate. Being able to use the right word to communicate the right thought can drive the right action. And that's how it should be, you know, so be articulate man just your character your strength of character matters so much more than your physical strength but let's go into the physical strength before we run out of run out of time um one of the things i want to talk about was the physical strength because that's a big issue um we've seen this growing up uh you and i uh guys getting up and it's how often just be honest how often have you heard from the pulpit bodily exercise profiteth little yeah, yeah, as a as basically a put down to exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard it. Yeah, and and usually the guy that's saying it is a little hefty. He, he's a, he is a bit hefty, you know. But it's his yeah. excuse to not to not exercise, and it's his excuse to not have to put down the fork. You know, but it's kind how of often... the it's kind of the let you know. Worst kept secret that one of the the the, the most gaping holes in uh, the mm -hmm. church uh, is our lack of really protecting our temple yeah. um, and and following that the admonishment to you know uh, treat it like it's God's uh, yeah. and not yours because we compartmentalize it. I think what they're doing is is they're saying, well, I'm you know I'm dedicating my life to studying Scripture and applying it, but and and teaching it. And, um, you know, this is kind of the lifestyle that it lends itself to. This is the culture yeah. that I'm in. And so that what they do is, is they do what everyone else does and they just justify it away. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, well, I can't stop. I, I, I gain weight. I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. I just gain I weight. I have a thyroid well, issue, which yeah, I, those, and those things exist, but, but not for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, that, that's, I mean, I, look, Cole said it, not me. All right. If you want to send the hate emails, send it to Cole. All right. But anyway, but no, how many times that, have you heard? It's, yeah, you've it's heard a flaw that. And it, needs, it needs to be talked about. Yeah. You know? it, so they'll preach on 
you know, they'll preach on lust. They'll preach on things like that. Um, I've heard them preach on wire room glasses and so on and so forth. And, and yet not a single one of them will preach on gluttony. Yeah. And by the way, they're not wrong when they preach against lust. They're not no, wrong they're when not. they preach against adultery. So we're not, we're not saying don't listen to what they say, but it goes back to words and deeds. Yeah. Not matching up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll give you this one. Preaching, preaching on wire room glasses. That's a bit much, bit of a stretch. Well, that was wrong. Yeah, absolutely. That was a little <laughs> that was bit of legalistic. Weird. All right. So let's not do that. But I would say preach, that was cult like. <laughs> preach against sin. Yes, absolutely. Preach against sin. But if you're going to preach against yep. sin, preach against all of it. Yep. All of it. I agree. So, and a lot um, of it was standards, you know. So yeah. they would even admit, this is my standard, and I want you to adhere to it if you if you worship with me. And so then you have to say, well, we just can't worship together. And so those yeah. th those are those scenarios as well. So I, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I try to I try to be graceful and gracious with 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 everybody I interact with. But at some point, yes, you do have to live call peaceably. A spade a spade. As yeah, it's like Paul said, this as much as possible, yeah. live peaceably among all men. You know, so you, you it, you're not bending to to their standard, but you're not you're not going to sit there and condemn them either uh, yeah. as they may condemn you. So um, character, man, that's, that's, it, it's internal strength. It's self-control, but it's also, you mean, guys, you guys, you can't protect your family if you're not fit. You just can't it guys. Yep. And I'll say this, you can't protect your family if you're like, so this is what happens. Guys will go to the gym and they'll lift heavy things, put heavy things down. And that's all they do. And they think now they're ready to take care of their family, protect their family. You're not, or they'll go to the dojo and that's all they do. Well, I, I, I've done martial arts. So I know how to protect care, take care of my family. No, no, you don't. You know how to roll on a mat or they'll go to a range and they'll plink at a couple paper targets. And they think that, okay, well, I've, I, I can shoot pretty good. And so I'm ready to take care of my family. Well, no. Have you ever gone through combat scenarios? Have you, have you worked tactics? Have you, have you, consider the different situations that are that are running around have you have you considered the the different firing angles and making sure that you know if you have to engage somebody that you're not going to shoot through them and hit somebody else you know, are you applying the the four fun, uh, universal firearm safety rules when you're doing that have you considered all of that are you going to the range and the gym and the dojo and putting all three of those things together in order to make yourself a more well-rounded warrior so that you are able to protect your family and yourself and others. Because if you're not doing all of those things, you're not preparing. You're, you're giving yourself a false sense of security because all of those things matter. But I'll add another layer to that, guys, because we've got a majority of Christian followers here. If you're not in the word, you're 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 missing a layer of protection there you have all four of those things all four of those components have to be a part of it or you're missing it yep so a man is vigilant he's a man is is faithful a man is manly a man is strong and finally let's talk about this last one and then we'll wrap it up but a man is loving loving um, and I think this is where we we miss the boat on a lot of things. Um, and, and we can use whatever excuse we want with that. But um, the, the, that last verse of the passage that we mentioned earlier, let all your things be done with charity. Let all of your things, everything that you do, love is love should be the motivation behind it. You know, John says in, in, in first John that, you know, love is uh, courage is love made perfect. You know, that one grabbed a hold of me, man, because I didn't really I didn't I struggled with that one for a little bit. And, and, and finally, it dawned to me. It reminded me of my first trip out out of the wire in Iraq. And you go through all of the anxiety, all of the fear, all of the, the wondering of how you're going to perform. Are you going to are you going to? Are you going to be that guy that that lets everybody down, or are you going to do well? Um, and as the bird touched down, I remember all of that feeling, all of that anxiety going away, because all I was doing at that because at that point I'm just looking around at my teammates. Um, I was thinking about my family, and all I could think of is I would literally do anything for these guys. I would literally do anything for my family, and what I'm doing here, doing right now, 
is for them. It's because I love them and I want to make sure that they're safe, that they're protected, and that they're going to go home. And at that point, nothing else mattered. Love, courage is love made perfect. Love is the motivator behind everything. And if it's not, you need to reevaluate. So we, we, we talked about the Twitter, you know, the going to the strip clubs, you want to get married to this girl, but yet you're going to a strip club. Well, what's your motivation? Because if you're going to a strip club, well, that's not an act out of love. That's an act out of lust. That's something completely different. You know, so what's your motivation? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the foundation of everything else that we do. So you, you can be vigilant, but if it, you don't do it in love, um, you're going to become paranoid. Yeah. You know, you Webster can be, says um, love is a deep and profound affection for something or someone. And I'm paraphrasing it. And so when I apply that, what would a loving man do in my head when I was preparing for this particular discussion? This is what this is what I came up with as a question. Sacrificially denying oneself by contributing to a greater purpose, cause, or entity. Mm. We do it all the time. It's baked into our DNA. You already do this. The question is, are you aiming that profound affection at the right targets? We all do this. We know how to love. The question is, are we aiming that love? at the correct target. Mm -hmm. And to me, part of the journey for me on my path to finding um, manhood is understanding and finding out all the places I thought I was aiming my love. Um, that was actually more of a selfish nature uh, yeah. than it was for the betterment of my family or my community or my neighbors, whatever it have you, you know, um, when it comes to love, it's very simple. We were told to love God and we were told to love our neighbors. We were told to leave ourselves into the equation as the last piece. Well, yeah. I doesn't want you to hate yourself. No. Uh, if you, you know, there's no way you can feel the love of, of God in your heart if you hate yourself because he's just absolutely in love with you based on what his son, uh, did for you. But, but, uh, we get this one out out of order quite often. And so yeah. that is a heart check for me personally. Yeah. It's the foundation of everything else. Everything else that we do is the foundation of it. So what, what's your motivation? I think that's, and that's probably a good place to end it is, is just, you yeah, know, we went over an hour on this one. This I know over an hour. I know. So my, my goal is that it, it's not going to be an hour every single time guys. That's we're, we're going to try to keep it under an hour. But I think that it was appropriate. It was just too much to talk about. Um, but we need to get that out. But love, love needs to be the foundation. I think it's a good place to stop it and 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 challenge you guys to consider where your motivation lies um, as, as you go forward. I mean, are, are, are you being vigilant? Is, is love the motivation in your vigilance? Is love the motivation in your faith? Is love the motivation in the the actions that you the manly actions that you take is it is it the motivation and in, in the strength of character that you have where where's your motivation um so i think that's a good place to end it and uh and then uh, just join us next week uh as we continue this journey to finding the path in the way of good men